0: When you've got a big problem, son, it often pays to go right to the top man. Why don't you stop by the mayor's office? Tell him the whole story. He should be able to help. Hey, good idea, Dad. Hello once again for an episode of the Intermillennium Media Project podcast. My name is Matthew Porter. And I'm Ian Porter. I'm his dad, he's my son, and it is still Christmas time. Not only is it Christmas time, if you are listening to this on the day it dropped, Merry Christmas, it is Christmas Day. It is the Christmas with a podcast. Yay! <laughs> what could be more jolly? Exactly. And we are continuing our... Our sleigh ride through the world of Rankin-Bass, with the, the three most noteworthy Rankin-Bass Christmas specials from my youth.
1: Ah, this plasticine sleigh is
0: seeing us <laughs> through good times and weird times. A lot of mostly weird times. And so far we've watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Santa Claus is coming to town. Yes. And now we leap ahead to 1974. Um. For. The year without a Santa Claus. Indeed. Huh. This is so different from the others, because the others always existed as far as I could tell. And this one, I remember this one premiering. You do? When I was, what was I, eight years old, nine years old? And I, I remember it premiering, I remember going to school the next day, and everybody talking about this new Christmas special.
1: Oh, wow. See, I've got things like that. Weirdly enough, the, uh, Going to work the day after the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special is the closest thing to that I can think of myself. (laughs) But for me, this one always existed, but the other ones are... Like, those ones always happen. Like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you'll have seen. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, there's a good chance you did, but it's going to be a weird edited version for TV. This is in the same... It exists, you expect it. But instead of being certain that you'd seen it, it's certain that you'd seen bits of. It's certain that you knew songs and didn't know where they were from. And if you have seen it, it's... Even if you didn't have a cold over your winter break, even if you didn't get sick and were trying to watch something through the haze of Dayquil... This is still what that felt like. <laughs> this has very, very much my, my winter break has been ruined by illness that could have gotten me days off of school kind of vibes.
0: I think you put your finger on something about trying to remember this or wrap your memory around this. Because like I say, I remember this show. I remember watching this when it premiered and talking about it with my friends. I remember watching it several times as I was a kid in years that, that followed. There were vast stretches of this show that I had no recollection of, that I simply did not remember ever having seen, even though I'm sure I did. Right there, you've made a linguistic choice, which I think says
1: so much about this. You called it a show multiple times. (laughs) A Year Without a Santa Claus is bizarrely episodic, while the other ones present a vaguely cohesive vignettes series of movie. This is. Absolutely. It feels like you're watching a condensed episode of a stop motion TV show somehow with the way it cuts from character to character, with the way plot lines are introduced and either get quickly resolved or not resolved at all or used later in callback in the weirdest ways. This feels short form in a way
0: that nothing else does. That's an interesting point. You could almost... With a little more padding, turn this into like a six episode limited streaming series or something. Absolutely. With a couple of strange, oddly platforming
1: collectathon puzzle levels in between, you could turn this into video game cutscenes. Like they did with the other movie we did last time. <laughs> this one fits that better. Why didn't they do this one?
0: I don't want to jump the gun on revive, reboot, or rest in peace, but could we maybe get a Duffer Brothers version of The Year Without a Santa Claus? They're they're about to wrap up Stranger Things in one more season. Oh, that does work. Oh, that works too well. It really does, especially when we talk about some of the characters introduced in this uh, in this special. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, th- that the characters are kind of the driving force of this story, and the first of those we've got to acknowledge is the man. It's a year without it. it's Santa.
0: Yes, played once again by Mickey Rooney. Yes coming back to reprise his role as Santa Claus. And doing a fine job, actually, of
1: merging the self-important Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Santa and the jovial rogue that is <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town in the form
0: of a, an old man who is just having a bad, bad Monday. Yeah, this is a guy who's just not happy in his job. And wants to sit it out. Absolutely. Now
1: granted, he's got a cold. He's, he's got a cold. His, his nose is red. It's not getting the uh, sound of exothermic reaction. So it does not have <laughs> the... the mm, that red noses sometimes get in these pictures. But he's got a red nose. He is out of it. There's also something very relatable, though, about just like, I am dead tired today. I don't want to. Let me be in my pajamas, Santa.
0: It's like, dude, I get you. You're better than this, but I get you. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Now, most of us are essentially have more than one day of work a year. But yeah, <laughs> I guess it's purely the number of
1: hours he puts in in that day. I mean, that's a fair point. He's that's moving a long at, day. He's moving at a speed to get around the earth that I assume time dilation comes into effect.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't. Doesn't that mean that less time is passing for him? No, it means he's perceiving the same amount of time. It, I thought if he's moving fast, he would be the young twin.
1: If he's moving fast, time would slow for him to be able to prevent him from reaching uh, the level yeah. of C. Right. So the closer he gets to the speed of light C, the slower time is going to go for him in order to prevent him accelerating right. past the threshold. So
0: the 24 hours of Christmas Eve for us is much less than 24 yeah, hours for him oh uh, well, yeah Well yeah he's putting in
1: you know <laughs> a 40 hour a week times 52 he's putting in a full years of work within the space of time just based on his speed
0: remember kids if you ever get a job in faster than light space travel make sure you know where the punch clock is make yes sure that the punch clock is not aboard the ship but it's in the dock exactly you want those overtime hours or years or centuries we have got to get me that jingle. We've got to get the Ian Does the Math jingle.
1: <laughs> hey, listeners, anyone willing to send in a, 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 a pitch or a demo of that? We'd be happy to hear it.
0: Yeah, we're looking to produce some stingers. So if you, um, if you know a producer to recommend or uh, you got any ideas, uh, let us know. <laughs> exactly.
1: So Santa's just out of it. Mrs. Claus is really fiery in this one. Yeah, played by Shirley Booth in this one. Yes. And I don't it, different kind of characterization, but I can see a little bit of the, if we're going with these are the same characters, a bit of a school teacher I'm going to get things in order going on. I guess so, yeah. She's, she's getting things straightened out. It's like, well, we're just going to deal with this. Fine. Maybe I could do the job, is one of her immediate things. It's Like, someone's got to do it.
0: And something we have to acknowledge uh, right from the beginning of this is that, even putting aside the songs, how much of the the dialogue and narrative of this is in rhyme? Yes. It feels like a kid's storybook more than the others do, partly because of that chapterization you talked about, and partly because so much of it are in these cute little rhymes about how Santa Claus doesn't want to go to work, and he went back to bed, and the doctor came in. Mm-hmm. At least, at least this North Pole has a doctor. Don't know if they have a dentist, but they have a doctor.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. There is actually more like full-on community and you know public service and everything else, and and options here. This is, I think, this is a post Rudolph, and po- of course, a post Santa's coming, Santa Claus is coming to town. But I think this is actually showing North Pole social progress.
0: I think so. Well, after the Elf Strike of nineteen seventy-two. Uh, things got a lot better in terms of working conditions. Absolutely.
1: Support your local elf union.
0: (laughs) But uh, the
1: entire thing in that rhyming section is actually voiced by Mrs. Claus. She's kind of our narrator and a character.
0: Yes. And then when other other characters have little bits of dialogue, they fit into the rhyme. And then we get into her song when it becomes clear that Santa does not plan to take his ride this year she launches into this song anyone could be santa even me mm-hmm. which is a cute song a cute
1: song definitely a uh an attempted reversal from the doctor giving this like ah you've got a cold no one even believes in you ever, anymore i'll send you the bill kind of <laughs> attitude she's like anyone could be we believe in the concept There's a little also bit of Spider-Man anyone could put on the mask thing going on here. Although that implies (laughs) he was bitten by a radioactive Santa.
0: Yeah, okay, now I'm thinking of a Santa Claus version of the end of V for Vendetta.
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness.
0: (laughs) Or or Spartacus. I am Santa (laughs) Claus! I am Santa Claus! That has the right ring to it. It does! Yeah, what, what really... Lead santa to decide not to bother going out this year is the idea that so few people believe in him nobody has the christmas spirit so it's not even worth it yeah and she she quickly abandons the idea of taking over herself uh mrs claus does although that might be a cooler story it could have mrs. been a mrs. cooler claus story goes out and does the job gets things done but instead she decides well maybe if we prove to santa there are still people out there who believe in him and the christmas spirit He'll feel better and he'll want to go out and deliver presents.
1: And so she sends out a crack team to be able to hopefully find some Christmas spirit. And by crack team, I mean fragile and broken and (laughs) not very structurally stable.
0: To some extent, my conversation about this is going to be a journey through my more cryptic than usual notes. Because here in my notes, I just have in big block letters, the elves are expendable. Yes. (laughs) And I wasn't really sure what I meant by that until you just reminded me. Yeah. Jingle and jangle elf are sent out into the world, but it's made very clear this is a very dangerous thing that they're being sent to do, and maybe they won't come back. I also do love jingle and jangle,
1: despite the fact that they feel like they're completely unprepared and bad at their jobs. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they are. They are quintessential comedy duo kind of setup. It, it very much reads something like Bob Hope being Crosby kind of thing. There's a bit of a uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost feeling going on between these two where this, this, yeah. this, this classic comedy duo.
0: It's that classic dynamic that goes back to Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy. And-
1: exactly. I also I also will say there's a there's not. There's a decent amount of, like, Harold and Kumar kind of going on. These two absolutely <laughs> seem out of their minds. These two have been hitting the peppermint hard or something or other, because they are forgetful, confused, and Jingle is, is you know, rocking a Flavor flave clock the entire time.
0: Uh, he is. Yeah, I would watch
1: Jingle and Jangle go to White Castle. <laughs> yes! That's just a snow fort down the road, though. <laughs> Or maybe that's where
0: the Winter Warlock set up. Oh, I, yeah, that, that works. Yeah, that I works. Like that. So this begins Jingle and Jangle's adventures, and they the first place they find themselves is a place called Southtown. Well, yeah, they also
1: do take a vixen yes. of the Rain of the sleigh team who
0: who almost collapses under their weight.
1: Yeah. I take it this is like Vixen the Third or something, because this is a very small, young reindeer. Yeah,
0: the youngest reindeer in the fleet.
1: Yeah, so this is like a descendant of, of, of the reindeer, like in, in line for the, the position, I guess. But, uh,
0: yeah, almost collapses, and they immediately make their way to, yeah, Southtown. Hmm. Somewhere in the southern United States, where it is warm and sunny, even though it's December. And immediately they get like fined for violating like dress code and parking <laughs> law. I believe somehow it's it's illegal to be riding a reindeer, so they disguise vixen as a dog using a pair of socks over the antlers, like floppy ears and and so vixen is is just hanging out while they talk to kids and try to get. Get some information about the kids about do you believe in Santa Claus? Not quite the creepy vibes that we get in Santa Claus's coming to town, but not Let's, uncreepy. Not uncreepy. These two strangely dressed guys asking uh, uh, kids randomly, do you believe in Santa Claus? And, and how do you feel about Christmas? Yeah. But meanwhile, Vixen is not doing too well in this weather. Yeah, this heat is doing problems. And so Vixen is, is not feeling well. And while the elves are talking to the kids, the dog catcher of Southtown scoops up Vixen and brings him to the pond. Uh, uh, excuse me, brings him to the pound. The pond might have been good. The
1: pond would have cooled, him, it kind of that, cooled off, but no, brings him to the pound. Uh, but yeah, the, which continues the kind of episodic feel of this because we get the, they've got a mission and we see them fly off. The next thing is them arriving at their destination to be holdover sighted attempt to start their mission and immediately be harassed by the local constabulary <laughs> a third time yes it's like this is setting up an antagonistic situation and it ends with one of our team is captured very much an episode structure again totally so it fits but i also do love just the sight of these two guys wandering around the town dressed in their outfits just confusing the life of everyone it's like there's very much a, they're in the wrong neighborhood.
0: But this does at least get Santa Claus out of bed. Because when he finds out what happened, he realizes that, oh, Jingle and Jangle are never going to make it out in the world. I better go find them. And <laughs> they took Vixen, our youngest reindeer. They're, they're done for. Let me go save them.
1: And I gotta say, it's very, very awkward. In, this, in the year that we're in, 2023, to see Santa brazenly go out in public with a cold like that.
0: <laughs> yes. I admit, his unmasked, out- unvaxxed, unmasked, everything else. It's like,
1: dude, you're better than this, no.
0: <laughs> but in 1974, not yeah. quite as big a deal.
1: I will say, I love his casual outfit.
0: Oh, I, I've got a note about that. His, his, his suit, his off duty suit, is cool. I love that. Santa's
1: got the drip. My goodness.
0: <laughs> He's, got, he's, he's
1: still rocking the red, but he's there with like, a hat and cane. It's like, he is ready to go to the theater. It's like, dude's got style. Absolutely.
0: But it turns out the kids are really not that interested in Santa Claus or, or Christmas. And they, that's for little kids and not us. But one of the kids, he's still a good kid. Ignatius Thistlewhite. Iggy. Iggy. I think they even make a note, as, as Mrs. Claus is continuing to narrate this in the background, Ignatius Thistlewhite, that is his real name, Yes, uh, he chats with, uh, with Mr. Claus as uh, Santa Claus introduces himself. He uses the other pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Hey, wait a minute, that's had, continuity. You were onto something
1: there. Yeah. Um... I will say Iggy's got a weird case of like anime protagonist because he's a model they used other times. He's got a little extra detail to his model that they don't give the other kids. And it means you can kind of do the pick him out of the crowd effect and he gets a little (laughs) bit of extra animation. And it was jarring at times where it's like, you're about to have a magical adventure. Like, I've seen enough Digimon. I know what's yes. going on here, Iggy. This is the sort of thing I expect. It's Iggy, short for Isekai. Exactly.
0: So he actually, he, um, he chats with, with Mr. Klaus for a while and introduces Mr. Klaus to his, his parents. And, and Mrs. Thistle White offers uh, Santa Claus some tea. And they have a nice little chat. And it turns out that not only is Iggy a good kid... His parents are good people, too. Yes, although the song that they
1: sing, I Believe in Santa Claus, is so weird and awkward.
0: It is. Yeah, my description of that here is it's, uh, it's the ballad, uh, a.k.a. the boring song, uh, as, as it was known when I was a kid. Mm. It, I'm all
1: for Santa having a positive self-image. Him singing half of the I Believe in Santa Claus
0: is a little odd. Yes, he believes in, San- I believe in Santa Claus like I believe in love. That's, yeah, that's, that's affirmation if you're singing that about yourself. Absolutely.
1: I will say the bit of flashback that Iggy's dad has is absolutely Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer kind of weird and wild Santa Claus going on, (laughs) Yes, where it's like, I used to not believe in Santa Claus, and then I remember him showing up at my, at the foot of my bed and like, so you don't believe in me anymore. Yes. I guess you don't need all the good things in life, do you? Santa, Santa went over to Iggy's dad when he was a kid and gave, like, a full WWE wrestler heel speech <laughs> in
0: fanciful rhyme. This is absolutely unhinged. Yeah, having seen trailers for a lot of Christmas-themed horror movies at the Alamo House in the past month, means that I really couldn't watch that scene without a little bit of unease. I knew Rankin Bass weren't going to do me wrong, but I was still a little bit concerned. Oh, yeah. I I expected, especially seeing him in the suit and then cutting to him in like the...
1: the the casual outfit and then seeing him in the red suit. The big puffiness that they give him in the the actual classic Santa suit has a very like flexing muscles kind of effect. So he's (laughs) towering. It's terrifyingly weird.
0: It's kind of like a superhero movie muscle suit. Exactly. So It's just him like (laughs) (laughs) like okay yeah yes
1: I guess you spend part of that day just like aggressively protecting your copyright and brand (laughs) i get you okay then
0: well then but meanwhile while santa claus is having these conversations with the thistle lights and singing ballads with them uh jingle and jangle realize what has happened to vixen and are trying to do something about it they go to the pound and the uh the dog catcher tells them well i can't just release this animal to you maybe you need to go talk to the mayor so jingle and jangle and i think iggy is there with them uh not yet not yet they no. go to the mayor and they don't get anywhere do they they don't get
1: anywhere because but because the mayor doesn't believe them
0: no oh yeah you guys are elves and he's a reindeer <laughs> sure yeah uh, you yeah, know he- you, you want me to believe that make it snow Here in Southtown. We've never had a white Christmas. Make it snow here. And that gives us yet another song cue after they leave. They say, okay, we'll do that. And the mayor thinks this is just so funny. He goes out and has a musical number with the people of Southtown about how it's going to snow right here in Dixie. Yeah,
1: I I do want to see the papers the next day. It was like, the local mayor loses it, disrupts <laughs> barber shop, wastes hundreds of dollars of products.
0: <laughs> Given how easy it is to make him laugh, I don't think this is that unusual for this mayor. I think they're used to this. Yeah, this might
1: just be what they get they're used to with their <laughs> local government. I do find it funny the little swap that happens here because realizing that jingle and jangle aren't back yet and that Santa went to follow them, Mrs. Claus heads out too. And a third group is now on the road. Mrs. Claus makes it in time to catch Jingle and Jangle and meet up with Izzy, who has told Santa where uh, you know Jingle and Jangle were headed to, the Pound, but runs into Mrs. Claus and Jingle and Jangle. And so Santa winds up getting Vixen and taking Vixen back to the North Pole, while Mrs. Claus hears from Jingle and Jangle and says, what are you two getting in- up to? Oh, this is what
0: your deal was? Okay. I know the people. And Mrs. Claus has her own little sleigh to travel. Yeah, on. she's got it's her own. Cool. It's cool. Like, it's like this little sports, sporty roadster. She's got. Yeah,
1: I love that thing. It's just so much fun. But once again, Mrs. Claus is like, no, I could do the thing. I've got logistics I need to run. No, no, these are my people. I sent them on the mission. I'll do it. Like she is agency. She is a driving force through this
0: entire story. Yes. She she wants things to happen when and how they're supposed to happen. But she is very resourceful when they don't, and she wants to get things back on track. Exactly. Because she decides, oh, you made, a, you made a crazy deal to make it snow in Southtown? All right, here's how we can make that happen.
1: I know the guy who can
0: make snow happen anywhere. I, I, I know a guy. I know a guy.
1: <laughs> and he was hinted at earlier when they, kind of had, when they had a danger of trying to fly through the air before because of an ongoing battle between... Snow Miser
0: and Heat Miser. Yes, the Miser Brothers. The Miser Brothers. So now they actually have to go see Snow Miser and, and get him to uh, to make it snow in Southtown.
1: And welcome to the song everyone knows but doesn't know where it's from. Or at least verse one of it, which is the Snow Miser song, I'm Mr. White Christmas.
0: Yes, the, the, the I'm Mr. Snow Miser, I'm Mr. Cold, etc. These songs, I, I spoke some episodes ago about uh, trying to get you to picture a bunch of seventh grade Catholic school kids just belting out the Star Blazers song in the playground. Oh, boy. Now imagine them about four years younger singing the the Snow Miser and Heat Miser songs at the top of our lungs. That was about a week. Were you just singing or were you doing the little hat tip move at the same time? Some of us may have added a little choreography. Okay. There's (laughs) so (laughs) so much here. Yes, because the hand could almost say too much, (laughs) because in addition to to the 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 head guys, they've got these little gnomes or homunculi dancing around them. Yeah, they've got like tiny mini versions of themselves, (laughs) which I take it
1: are made out of their element, I guess. And there's also the thing about each of the Miser Brothers who each have a verse of this song, So we've got uh, I'm. I'm Mr. White Christmas and I'm Mr. Green Christmas.
0: Right, because after the the trip to the Snow Miser, they have to go talk to Heat Miser and he gets his own version of the song. But they each have their little
1: things and I'm bewildered by them because they've got the whole like anything uh, whatever I clutch turns to snow or starts to melt in my clutch. And in my head, I'm trying to piece together the cosmology of the r- rankin bass holiday specials which itself is a weird thing to have to do (laughs) and i came to the weird thing of like is this some sort of embodiment of the pure power that the winter warlock was tapping into with his dark ability before i think that makes sense it does he's got a similar aesthetic and look going on but he's made purely of whatever this is it's weird And yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, this is a Christmas special, but it's getting out there on its odd universe in fascinating ways with these two characters who have a distinctly not elemental, but brotherly rivalry.
0: And they're referred to as brothers, except in one line. Snowmiser refers to Heat Miser as his stepbrother. He does? not that's the first time that's acknowledged. There's all kinds of things going what? on that may or may not be acknowledged. What in the world? <laughs> I missed that line. Oh, that does
1: some stuff. <laughs> huh. Because the two brothers will
0: not agree. They they get their song and dance and... <laughs> yeah, Snow Miser says, sure, I'll, I'll make it snow in South Town, but that's my brother's territory, so you've got to get him to agree, and of course Meat Miser mm-hmm. is not interested in seeding any um, any territory to snow miser, but says, "Okay, I'll give a snow. St- I'll let him have a snowstorm in in Southtown if I get to control the the, the North Pole." Yeah, and that um, that is a little bit too much of a trade.
1: Yeah, they don't want to make this deal, and this is all on a call over the hotline <laughs> from <laughs> yes. uh, heat miser's side, which I like. I want to know what the pun is on frost on a snow side (laughs) is it cold calling i don't know (laughs) that should be it it should be it but i love how mrs claus kind of is like this is another moment where it's like we don't have time in this episode for you two anymore yes and so her thing is i'm gonna go over both of your heads i'm gonna go talk to mother nature your mom (laughs) which really upsets uh, the brothers oh they do not like that but yeah, there's a whole lot of weird implications going on if the line you've got there means stuff. But Mother Nature just calls them both in and says, "Make the deal."
0: Yeah, Mother Nature is this sweet lady who is happy to to entertain Mrs. Claus and the elves with a cup of tea and all this. And she seems, she seems to have like a
1: permanent springtime cottage somewhere,
0: right? And she's very happy and very polite. And you get the impression she's very happy and very polite because she can afford to be. Yeah, she is more powerful than anyone else. Well, she calls both of her sons
1: who control thermodynamics in with two strikes of lightning (laughs) snapping her fingers. She is wildly strong in this.
0: And they grumble a lot, but eventually they agree to the deal that their mom brokers.
1: Interesting thing I saw people discuss when I was seeing that is she doesn't tell each of them to give. The other one, the space, she tells them to do the thing they're supposed to. So it's uh, Heat Miser, let it, like, it's telling Snow Miser uh, to, to give the North Pole for the time, and it's telling Heat Miser to give Southtown. More like they're not applying their effect to the place, but holding it back from getting there.
0: I guess so. And you know, the way her, ver- her verbiage is odd. And she's, she's not saying that Heat Miser gets to control. The South Pole from now. Then I keep saying South. Maybe I'm thinking about that penguin. She doesn't say that Heat Miser gets to control the North Pole from now on. It's you let there be a snowstorm in Southtown, and then we'll let there be a, a nice warm spring day in the North Pole, and then you'll be even. Exactly. That's pretty good for
1: everybody, I think. Yeah, she she makes it an even trade of one day each, and. The deal is set. Santa Claus has made it back to the North Pole and is getting Vixen treated. So apparently there's veterinary services as well. There's elf slash human doctors and animal doctors. <laughs> and uh, with this deal brokered, Mrs. Claus and Jingle and Jangle start, head back, I believe, to the, to the North Pole as well. I'm kind of surprised that I guess they got a message they don't have to go back and pick up Vixen. We missed the entire them getting to Southtown, realizing Vixen's been picked up and uh, trying to figure out, don't we?
0: Yeah, it's like there's a missing episode, like we skipped one of the episodes of this longer-running series you were talking about. And we, I will say
1: that in all of this, Iggy's been along for the ride. Iggy's gotten to witness the entire
0: thing. And that is so cool, and that made this fun to watch as a kid because we had a... A surrogate character. Imagine meeting all these characters and being taken around the world and seeing Snow Miser and Heat Miser and being in Jeopardy and visiting Santa Claus and all this.
1: Yeah, he kind of got to sit in on a supernatural like political negotiation. <laughs> this is where the the movie kind of gets hard to follow for me. In part because with Christmas approaching the world's children start hearing about the fact that Santa's having off an off day. There's newsprint articles everywhere.
0: I'm sorry, I was distracted for a moment. I was just trying to connect Iggy with John Constantine, because I can see the story connecting there. But, I'm sorry, you were saying? Oh, that...
1: Oh, have they, please tell me they've done a special. Just the Constantine Christmas special, where he's dealing with like the repercussions of this one time. That would work. Um, But uh, with all of this dealt with, the kids of the world get the message that Santa's having this off day. Not going to be able to do Christmas this year.
0: Right, because Santa's still not convinced there's enough Christmas spirit to actually make it worth going out and doing his thing. And he's still fighting off a cold. True. So the kids turn the whole system uh, backwards, and they all send presents to Santa. Oh, even though they, they have a bunch of newspapers, which I think were about the snowstorm in Southtown? yeah <laughs> because i've got notes here about the other headlines that were on some of these newspapers like panic in new york menagerie breaks loose it's like can i see the Rankin bass show about that story please it, wait a minute yeah is <laughs> somebody had fun is, adding ki- is, things. is 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 king
1: kong happening during all of this and like wrecking the <laughs> zoo in new york and special or something like What's going on? Okay. And I, one of, I do like that uh, the two newspapers that Santa has brought to him are in English and Japanese. Yes. With Rankin Brass doing a lot of their animation in Japan. That's a, a wonderful little cameo of, you know, hey, it's the two, it's the two groups really coming together on this.
0: <laughs> and we get a wonderful song from... Actually, it's not even a song, is it? It's a poem. It's a poem. From Mrs. Claus about how all the kids in the world react.
1: Yeah, they kind of band together and send Santa the gifts back. Send Santa gifts this year, because he's given so much to them.
0: So they want to make sure that Santa has a Merry Christmas. And then they do have a song, which is A, not original, and B... Doesn't fit with the story. Yeah. Because then Santa's looking at some of these letters that he's being sent by the kids. And one of them prompts a, a musical cue for Blue Christmas. Oh, my goodness. One, which,
1: of, one of the kids kept their psychic abilities to project their thoughts into the minds of others via letters they got from uh, <laughs> her, her, <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Because she, this little girl, absolutely just like sad mind blasts santa with this song
0: which kind of undoes the whole sentiment of let's let santa claus stay home and have a merry christmas for once and we'll send him presents and then she sends this devastating letter about how incredibly sad this little girl's gonna be without santa claus
1: yeah it's like oh
0: here's your present whack yeah (laughs) like what oh my goodness I mean, I I think maybe she didn't like get the memo about what this all was about or something. And yeah, when I was a kid, this was known as The Other Boring Song. Uh,
1: It's a well-done music video for this song. It's just so incongruous. Yeah, I guess it is. I I, 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 Obviously, the animation is, is nice. They do some wonderful transition stuff with, like, tears turning into snowdrop, like snowflake things. It's like, it's very effective, but
0: it's a similar overall concept to Jessica's song in Santa Claus is coming to town in the way it mixes different animation styles and the like. I almost feel like this should have been put earlier. Like if if everyone heard Santa wasn't going
1: to come and he got this letter and it just bummed him out even further and then no, there's got to be something better than this. Go send Jingle and Jangle. But I guess they didn't want to have
0: half of the movie or over half the movie be undoing Blue Christmas. Yeah, I guess it just didn't fit where they put it. It didn't fit where they put it. But it does somehow prompt spontaneous remission for Santa Claus. Because suddenly he has the strength of ten Grinches and, and can get up and, and jump out of bed and get his job done. <laughs> and, yeah, Santa's, they're like, oh, they do care about me.
1: Oh, no, the guilt. I've got to do a thing. <laughs> Once again, like, I get you, dude. Yeah. But not, not healthy. Please, please take time. <laughs> But he just absolutely like hop, like hops out of bed, puts on his stuff and books it and gets the job done to the surprise of everyone.
0: And as he's telling people what he and this is another thing from my notes, as he's telling people that he's feeling better. And of course, he has to get up and do these things. At one point, he just stares, barrel down the camera. And says, "I dreamed unhappy things." Yes, (laughs) like I have read way too much H.P. Lovecraft, not to have that be extremely affecting in ways that Rankin Bass never intended, as far as I can tell. But I will never forget Santa Claus just staring at me and shouting, "I dreamed unhappy Unhappy things."
1: things. Klaus (laughs) Flattagen, Klaus Flattagen, Klaus (laughs) Flattagen. Absolutely. It is bewildering. That 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 line is like it, I know exactly what you mean that has such terror to it that is yeah. unexpected. And it, it also and it, it is as if he pauses to say it directly to us. And it's so fast at the end there that he yells like I dreamed unhappy things and then runs out to do his job and it's never clearly explained if any of the story of the movie existed or was it his dream there is a legitimate dream theory that the entirety of this movie is
0: santa's fever dream from being in bed with the flu the the existence of snow miser and heat miser make more sense if you think of them that way as opposed to actual parts of the cosmology of of this world exactly i like that and
1: it also is like it also says if, it, if that's the case, then Santa really doesn't believe a lot in his elf staff because he assumes like they're not going to be able to get the job done and they're a little bumbling. <laughs> He's got faith in kids and he thinks that his wife could absolutely just do whatever is put in front of her and barrel through any system that attempts to stop her. <laughs> Which is very positive for his personal relationship, but not great for his business.
0: Yeah, you wonder, as, we, as we've seen with Santa Claus and other Rankin-Bass things, not the most sensitive boss. Yeah. Because he's got, I guess, a tough job to do.
1: Yeah, but it fits. But it's vague, and I found people discussing the dream theory of this movie, and I'm like, Huh? <laughs> okay, then. Any, any story that could wind up with a dream theory usually has a strange rabbit hole you can dive down.
0: And this eventually leads to the story wrapping up with Santa Claus going out and delivering presents. I believe the first place we see him go is Southtown. I guess it does mean that happened, and it did snow in
1: there. He see, we, we do him see him go to Southtown. So and it is
0: snowing. I guess. So, so I guess maybe oh, it's true. So
1: it's, it was all a dream, or was it? Was it exactly?
0: <laughs> and we get the next non-original song, which is uh, "Here Comes Santa Claus" right down Santa Claus Lane. Again, it's just, I I had heard that song so often before, I was, why am I hearing this in a claymation Christmas special? Exactly. They're supposed to have their own cool songs. Hmm. So, of the three of these, eh, I think we might be getting towards our final question. I think
1: we we? are getting towards our final questions. So, in the meantime, though.
0: So, do hang on to listen to those, but if you want more of the Intermillennium Media Project, go to immproject.com. And that's where you will find all of our past episodes, including that Star Blazers episode I mentioned and all of our past Christmas and holiday episodes. And you'll also be able to contact us there on our contact page or send us actual mail at the P.O. box that you'll find listed there. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do that by going to our Patreon, uh, where you can also get additional bonus audio content or join the IMMP Movie Club and if you want to support the podcast, you can go to our shop if you like t-shirts and coffee mugs and things, but most importantly, just tell your friends about the podcast, share it with people, go give us a bunch of stars on iTunes, and give us nice ratings. Uh, it helps people find the show. And Ian, where can people find you?
1: I can be found online as ItemCrafting, be that item Crafting Live on Twitch or ItemCrafting.com.
0: And you can find me at ByMatthewPorter.com. You'll find links to everything I'm doing, including by Matthew Porter on YouTube, where you'll find me giving reviews of movies and movie theaters. So,
1: final questions. Final questions. Which, the first one is screen or no screen. Yep. I'm gonna say no screen. This one's just too weird. I liked Rudolph. It had a nice positive message. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up the other ones a lot in this. I liked... Santa Claus is Coming to Town, it's weird, but it's got a fun through line and a nice style. This one is just too weird.
0: Yeah, I, I would say seek out the musical numbers if you can, but I don't know that it's worth putting in the time to watch the whole thing. I, I think I would give this a no screen as it is. And as for our other
1: questions, revive, reboot, or rest in peace, I always use this as an opportunity to discuss spin-offs and sequels and and other versions before we discuss our new oh, one. And do we have any? Yes. Oh wow. Yes. I don't know what anything about it, but there's something called A Miser Brothers Christmas produced in 2008. It's a spin-off based on it, and I believe it's
0: CGI animated. It's distributed by Warner Brothers. Miser Brothers, it's just, well, it features the most beloved characters from this uh, show. Yeah, and it's part of the larger
1: Rankin-Bass holiday-verse, I guess, because they've got a whole list here. They're throwing Frosty the Snowman from from 69, they're throwing in 1971's Here Comes Peter Cottontail, First Easter Rabbit from 76, Frosty's Winter Wonderland. Rudolph's shiny new year. There's an
0: entire like, like grander world here, and they team up to fight Thanos. I I don't. What is happening?
1: Apparently, this one's like all about like the family reunion of the Miser Brothers, where they go visit their mom, Mother Nature, but also meet their fellow siblings like the North Wind, Earthquake, Thunder, and
0: Lightning, (laughs) and the Tides. Now, if they get Earth Wind and Fire to do the music, I am there. (laughs) Absolutely. But this is a whole like strange
1: side adventure with these two. Wow. And also the way they redid the character designs is very strange. They somehow made the chin on Snow Miser more prominent, which is confusing. <laughs> I don't know anything about these, but it implies something I'm fascinated by. Which is the Rankin Bass is the coolest new uh place. For your D one-shot adventure i've
0: ever seen i was just about to say i'm getting so tempted now to run a rank and bass game with big eyes small mouth rules yes but you can have elf characters they just have to be
1: santa elves <laughs> you can have all these characters there's an entire elemental powers I mean... yeah there this works it's not what i expected <laughs> to end this on but it functions and it's fascinating I, I'm I'm tempted to watch these things, but I'm terrified to watch them. Santa Flotagen for sure.
0: <laughs> it, when we were talking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer two episodes ago, we talked about how the the Rankin Bass Christmas specials have just become such a a cultural icon that people who have never seen one have seen and recognized parodies of them and. There's that drive to, to approach them in some way, and having, having indulged ourselves now in three of them, it's making more and more sense why that is, how they, they are that that compelling. Yes. Even having just watched one we didn't like so much, they're still compelling in some
1: way. Side note, I will note that if you just search uh, Snow Miser Movies on Google, it gives three entries. Miser Brothers Christmas, You're With Us, Santa Claus.
0: And the 1997 Batman and Robin. Oh, which had Dr. Freeze, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they got him in there. Fitz, just noting that. I wonder if they dropped a few lines from the, the Snowmiser song Oh, I there. think they used the song in the background. <laughs> I think they did. That could be. I don't remember that movie. But
1: what do we think of this story specifically? I don't think
0: it needs a reboot.
1: I don't think so
0: as well. I don't think there's enough of this, enough story here to to be worth retelling in some way
1: it could do a reboot but i it, unfortunately the reboot method of adding the words dark gritty in front are the only <laughs> way i can think of that working and it functions but that's a weird way to take it but
0: I'm, yeah I'm like hmm. sometimes i miss the early aughts when sci-fi channel was giving the the dark gritty reimagining of everything
1: oh yeah they have their gritty alice in wonderland and their gritty oz yep they could have done a gritty version of this for their holidays. Yes, they could have. Just absolutely lean into the scary Santa and the uh, elemental forces beyond your control.
0: <laughs> what was that from our producer?
1: Five Nights at North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. White Christmas. <laughs> it, it, it works. It yeah, It does. Slow that pace down. It really does. It really does. But revival is kind of what it looks like they did.
0: They ran with it. They kept the world going. Yeah. I, the only, the only things I can think of in terms of revival would be grabbing onto some of the other characters. The, the miser brothers being the most obvious, maybe there's some further adventure of jingle and jangle that could be fun, but nothing that I'm necessarily looking for.
1: I feel like I, if, if I stare into the plasticine abyss long enough, it will stare back at me <laughs> at a slower frame rate than I'm moving. So, I think it's a rest in peace. It's a loving, you know, pat gently, it's getting, like, I don't want you to go too far kind of rest in peace. Please (laughs) calm down. Yes, yes, I think so. But that's where I'm I'm landing on this. Yeah, rest in peace. Like Vixen in the Heat, these stories can't handle going too much further.
0: (laughs) My memory of this show was better than my experience of rewatching it, and I'm going to just stick with that memory.
1: Yeah. But this one faded back into the zeitgeist.
0: But it was still fun to rewatch, and it was still fun to revisit all of these Rankin Bass shows. This was a wonderful time. It yeah. was, yeah. Gay gave us a chance to get into that into that Christmas spirit, and we're glad that you've been, you know, able to let
1: us join you during your own holidays for all of this and. Hope you're having fun with the, the gifts you're unwrapping. If this podcast episode is one of them, you're listening on the day of. Or if you're listening it after, we're happy to be there for the wrapping cleanup.
0: Yes, indeed. Listeners, thank you very much for allowing us to join you this holiday season. I hope you have wonderful holidays and have had wonderful holidays of whatever kind you observe and celebrate. And hope you all have wonderful New Year's. And we will be back in the new year with more of the Intermillennium Media Project. Absolutely. In
1: fact... I think some people might have had some fun unwrapping some new games and such. Yeah. And I might want to get into a game with you next time, Dad. All right. I think we've got a takeover coming. (laughs) Well, I'm going to look forward to that. Oh, good. In the meantime, go find something new to watch.